Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Shane McGowan and Sinead O'Connor. Playing that today, of course, the news confirmed in the past hour and a half that the Pogues frontman and songwriter Shane McGowan passed away overnight at the age of 65. And a statement actually from the Pogues today. Um, they confirm that it's with the deepest of sorrow and heaviest of hearts that they announced the passing of, of Shane. And we read the most really eloquent and beautiful statement from his wife, Victoria Mary Clark, uh, just a little bit earlier as well, talking about Shane, who'll always be the light that I hold before me, the measure of my dreams, the love of my life, the most beautiful soul and beautiful angel, and the sun and the moon, the start and the end of everything I, that I hold so dear has gone. And that's the long statement from Victoria Mary Clark today. But just some lovely tributes coming in from, from you, from listeners, from fans of Shane McGowan, people who met him over the years as well. And do keep your stories coming in to us because we want to hear your stories, uh, your memories of Shane McGowan today. You can let me know on 087-1400-106. But Brendan Fitzpatrick is with me because, Brendan, you were Shane's driver and a, v- a very good friend of Shane McGowan's. Yeah, I was. Good afternoon. Um, well, first of all, it's a sad day and um, I just want to offer my condolences to Shane's wife, Victoria, his dad, Morris, Siobhan's sister and all the McGowan family and his close friends and the Pogues. Today is a very sad day for music. Um, it's a very sad day for music lovers all over the world to lose a national treasure who had such brilliant songwriting abilities and the lyrics he wrote and um, will be sung and remembered throughout the world for a long time to come, long time, uh, definitely a long time to come. Um, Shane, he was a very kind, generous and uh, witty person. And he loved Victoria and his family and friends and all his fans. And for me, it was great to say that I worked with him and um, was very close to him for a long time. And... We travelled in the red van together, which he loved going around in. But um, yeah. today is um, a sad day for for his wife, Victoria, and Absolutely. all his family and all his friends. So, yeah. When did you last speak or, or meet Shane, Brandon? Um, not yesterday, the day before I was with him. Okay. Um, the, yeah, the night before, yeah. So it's a bit sensitive at the moment, yeah. Yeah. But... um. He was, he was just a, a great person to work with and he just loved the simple things in life and um, he was proud of where he came from. He was proud of Tipperary, his mother. He loved his mother and um, his father and everything about Tipperary and his close friends in Tipperary like Tom Crave, Philly Ryan, Scruffy Kenny, Noel Kenny who passed away a couple of years ago was also a very close friend of his and from Nina and he kept in contact with all them lads on a regular basis and um, outside of his music life. Yeah. He, he never forgot where he came his from, roots. his friends. Yeah. 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 I'm sure so, your own conversation and, and, and meeting with him, Brendan, yourself two days ago, I'm, I'm sure it'll, it'll stick with you. Yeah. I suppose it's like uh, it's one of his songs, um, down the lonely, down the lonely highway. And uh, we all got a story to tell. And um, I'm sure a lot of people will be contacting you today, you know, and paying tributes to Shane, which quite rightly he deserves. Yeah. Was, um, for Irish Ireland to produce um, somebody like Shane, who um, who uh, made Irish music 
you know, um, really popular throughout the world, which it already was, but Shane gave it a, a, an extra twist and um, his songs and stories will be long remembered for a long time to come. Be, be, beyond the, the, you know, the, obviously the, the music, but for you, Brendan, on a personal level, as somebody who, who knew him for a long time and, 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 yeah. wor- and worked with him, you know, how, do you, how would you like him to be remembered, Brendan? Um, I just, uh, for, for everything that he, he brought to us, um, all his songs, um, you really have to listen to the lyrics of his songs and uh, how how intelligent he was in writing them songs and the way he put the simple things that he, he did it, lyrics in putting them together and um, he was just a great person a lovely guy to work with very generous witty, very witty person and um, I know how, how much but he loved he loved Victoria and his family so much he was a very caring person yeah yeah. Keith is yeah. with us too, Brendan. Um, Keith is on the line from uh, from Cruacon. How, how did you feel, Keith, when you heard the news today? Because you knew him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I haven't spoke to Shane in years, pretty much when we recorded the album with him and we're touring. Um, that's when the contact ended. I bumped into him a few times around Dublin and pubs and so on, but haven't seen him in years. But, God, it, it really hit me. It just brought back all the memories of the kind of surreal two weeks we spent in Sun Studios Dublin. He produced their folklore album uh, over 20 years ago. And, you know, at the height of his fame, like he still took time to do things like that with smaller bands, like heavy metal. It was all over the the newspapers at the time. Shane turns to heavy metal. Uh, He worked with the Dropkick Murphys just before us, and then he produced their album. So, yeah, when I seen that, it was was devastating. You know, it was like a... It's part of my history of the band that's no longer there anymore. So yeah, it's awful. Yeah. <clears throat> and and as Brendan mentioned, like his, you know, just I suppose he, he'd be so well remembered. I think in particular for the lyrics and how you know poetic. I suppose they, you know, they they were. Well, that's one of my one of the biggest memories. I like I've got some crazy memories, and we, we know Shane was a hellraiser and. My God, some of the stuff we seen when we were in the studio with him had her jaws on the floor, you know. One of my, my fondest memories, he, he didn't turn up to the studio one day. He's a producer, you know, he's, he's actually producing this album for us. So we were in Sun Studios or in Temple Bar. He was staying in Bloom's Hotel. We went around to the hotel. Uh, security let us in. They're like, yeah, go on. You know, they, they'd had enough of him at this stage because just he can be, you know, I don't need to say what he could be like. But we went up to the bedroom. He was out cold on the bed, but it's, he wasn't out cold from drinking all night. He was out cold from just writing lyrics and poetry. And all over the hotel room, there was just sheets of pages of words and lyrics. And they were, like that, that itself was poetic to see. And it's, it's always stuck with me. I, I, that's the story I usually tell, not the kind of crazier stuff that yeah. happened over the years with him. It's. I'm sure. Like I'm sure, when you heard the news, like everybody else today, Keith. Though it's even though he had been ill for, for for quite some time, it's it's still obviously it 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 really knocks and hits people. Yeah, I mean, like when I was a kid in the eighties, my dad was listening to Shane McGowan, The Pogues. I hated them. I thought, oh my god, this music is terrible. And Flash Forward, they're one of my favorite bands. Shane is a legend. And back then in the eighties, like the late eighties, I remember my dad saying, oh that that poor chap's not going to be with us for much longer, you know? So pretty much my entire life, I've just heard Shane's not going to be around for much longer with his antics, the way he's going on. 
the fact that he was, that he just survived and and just seemed to, to be the type of person that's going to live forever. The fact that he didn't, and he died at a young age, really hits you, you know. He should be around 10, 20 more years, you know, into the future, but he's not, he's gone, and it's, it's like a, a big vibe now in the Irish music scene. And of course, with Sinead going earlier in the year, oh, Chrissy Dignam, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Like, this year is horrendous for Irish music. Incredibly, incredibly difficult year, and I'm sure you know. Just even it's coming into the first Christmas for, um, for the Dignam and O'Connor families as well. It's you know, sure it's incredibly poignant, I suppose, really now. And 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 uh, Shane McGowan today. Just when you talk about Shane McGowan and t- you know him chatting about his own mortality and death, take a listen uh, to an interview that he did. It was back in 2004 with uh, Frank Skinner. Do you, I mean, have you ever thought about quitting and? Cleaning up and stuff. Freely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long do you think about it for? <laughs> um, I think about it every every time there's a little bit of a debt, you know what I mean? But let's face it, I've got a charmed life, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, I'm a lucky bastard, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and like... Uh, you know, I mean, but I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't intend to stop playing music until I die, you know. And I don't intend to die for a long time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what? That's going to be a big news story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for the last 25 years, I'm supposed to be dead in six months, you know. And like... You're like the Pope. <laughs> it's like the Pope. Everyone says he's going to die any minute, and he's still battling on. It's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the Catholic faith that keeps them going. I reckon it's just it's, it's just some bastard, all these arseholes are telling you, saying you're going to be dead in six months, you know what I mean? Look, it tends to give you an incentive not to be, you know. <laughs> Shane Challing, Frank Skinner back in, that's 2004. That interview, uh, that clip is from. Broadcaster Dave Fanning is, is with us as well today. Dave... Well, like, how do you think Shane McGowan's influence on music will be remembered here? Well, he just wrote great songs. I mean, if you look at the albums, I mean, oh, like the best albums, obviously, are like, you know, the Rome Sovereign and the Lash one with Elvis Costello and the one before it too. But look at songs like Dark Streets of London, A Rainy Night in Soho, A Pair of Brown Eyes, Lullaby of London, I mean, The Body of an American, or even the very first track on The Red Roses for me, the first album. Uh, what's it called? Transmetropolitan, that one. Or the Streams of Whiskey one where he's visited by Brendan Bean. Like, it is a lot the kind of, it seems to be the kind of the emigrant experience in London. A lot of the songs weren't about that, but they all seem to be that kind of thing. Like, remember, Shane was um, born in London. He went to a very posh school. And frankly, I think he was a bit too intelligent for it and was a bit of a rebel. Out he went. And his whole world, his whole life has been very much tied to how much he feels about Ireland, and he felt very strongly about Ireland. And, like, you know, there was a lot of excess, and there was a lot of craziness. I mean, Julian Temple made the um, the documentary uh, about Shane, and there's an awful lot in that. You can really get the full story. But as he said himself, something like, I can't remember the words, but basically, if he can weather the abuse and stay focused on the film, he's definitely subject who deserves, and this is the word I like, respect. And, like, his songwriting means he deserves respect. I mean, think about it, 83 to 87, was you know dominated in terms of rock music by the by the Smiths, and they were eighty four to eighty nine. Those five years, 
I mean, they just changed everything. Do you know what horse lips did to Irish traditional music? People really got annoyed. At, How can you glam it up and rock it up? This is trad music. And they did a brilliant thing between 1970 and 1980. Well, the Pogues. I mean, I remember a thing in RTE where we had a, a, a big, there was a big discussion in Studio 8, it was a panel discussion where all these kind of trad people were in and they were kind of giving out hell about what the Pogues are doing to it, ruining it and drowning it in drink and silly stuff and all that. And the Pogues just laughed all the way through and then came out the greatest music you've ever heard, based in folk music. You've got to be able to move and use the genres. And Shane, I'll tell you, and the rest of them, Spider and Jen and James and all that, Brilliant, you know, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Do you know, I, I had um, Brian Warfield and Eleanor McAvoy and, and Dave Brown were with us, you know, a little earlier and they were sharing their own memories and and conversations and meetings with, uh, with Shane McGowan over the years. And like all of them talked about his poetic lyrics, Dave. All of them talked about it. Yeah. Absolutely no question about it. And some of the songs I've mentioned, just look at what he says about some of them. In fact, I noticed that some of what Victoria wrote in her brilliant little kind of yeah, like, it's a lovely essay. Um, yeah, that like some of the lyrics, some of the things she's written are taken from Shane's lyrics. I mean, she just took them straight out and just put them for her own experience with Shane, which is perfect, you know. And uh, yeah, like the, the lyrics, I mean, the songs, he just put, he just got it. I mean, he uh, like and people really went for it then. And I must say the Pogues gigs in the 80s, they were hairy affairs, to say the least. There was a lot of action going on all over the place. There really was, you know, and there was powerful music. And they, like, I mean, even like, you, you, you might go to a gig and you say, God, I wonder, could I hear spiders, you know, tin whistle kind of thing, you know. And like, I remember going once to Amsterdam with the Pogues and Shane wasn't in the band by then because he was kicked out mm. and, 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 and Joe Strummer from The Clash was doing these things. Actually, the Pogues started by supporting The Clash in 84 or something, I don't know when it was. And that's when they kind of got going. And then the first album came out, The Red Roses for Me, after that. And when Red Roses for Me came out, I mean, I thought like a lot of bands, oh yeah, one album for this crowd, a bit of a laugh, quite good, I like it. I never knew the next two were going to be as good as they were. You should talk to, uh, what do you call him, um, Steve Lillywhite, who would be Kirsty McCall's ex-husband and who did a lot of U2 stuff. He produced uh, the Pogues. His stories okay. of trying to produce the Pogues is just hilarious. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just trying to do it at a certain time of the day when they could focus for at least an hour. He's <laughs> very funny about it. Yeah. There's some great stories coming in, you know, and, and people who've who've met Shane and, and whether it was on his own or, or with the Pogues over the years. This listener, I am gutted at the thought of Shane McGowan's light gone out. The old main drag and broad majestic Shannon are but two of my favourite I loved his ability to just put himself inside the skin of people from the cast asides, lonesome or otherwise. He could do it. He could put it into poetry for everybody to see. Raw and satin all in one. Eileen is on the line. Eileen, you, you met Shane. Oh, yes, I did, Andrea. I met you as well in the Arts Club recently and this is where this happened. Right. Um, yeah, well, Sarah Lee was the secretary of the art club at the time and she's best friends with um, Victoria Mary Clark. And they happened to be in the art club and I happened to be there in the same evening. And I'll tell you now, it was Thursday, the 22nd of May, 2014. And I sent you up a wee photo of myself and Shane um, with his arm across my shoulders and... I have kept it forever on my phone. Oh. I was so honoured to meet him. And of course, you know yourself now, an old song broke out as as it happened. And I launched into the road of Tralee. Well, he followed with another, I followed with another. And he had the words of every Irish song you've ever heard. And we sang together for two hours. 
and we had a great time. I'll never forget it. And how generous he was to the staff that remained to take care of him and serve us with yeah, a lot, Jane. Yeah, <laughs> just he in, 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 able to, 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 to chat to everybody, Eileen. Oh, he was yeah. wonderful. I couldn't eat. Now, he was young then. It was two, and so was I. It was 2014, nine years ago. But he was charismatic. But he was so ordinary. You felt so as he is. And he just loved the singing. He just loved it. We know music. It was all a cappella, but it was wonderful. Yeah. I'll never forget it. It was a highlight of my life. Well, it's such a lovely, okay. such a lovely, lovely memory, uh, Eileen, and, and thank you for, for sharing that with us today. I see another text as well. We got married 18 years ago and played Rainy Night in Soho for our first dance. Shane McGowan was a songwriting genius whose loss will be felt by many, says this texter. Um, statement in two from, from Jerry Adams. He says, I'm really sorry to hear of the death of Shane McGowan. I was with him in Victoria last Wednesday. Ireland has lost a great patriot, a poet, and a friend of the downtrodden and marginalised. That's the, the words of Jerry Adams today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. I'm just looking at footage here on Sky News today uh, on the TV screen in the studio of, um, of course, various different the uh, videos and clips, interviews with Shane McGowan over the years and the banner of breaking news that the Pogue singer died at the age of 65. We're continuing to pay tribute to Shane McGowan on Lunchtime Live this afternoon. A lot of people getting in touch, just sharing their memories, sending in their stories, different times that they, they met Shane over the years. If, if you want to join us, you can drop me a message in WhatsApp. It's 087 1400 I've um, singer-songwriter, though, Maria Butterly is with me on the line today. Maria, you 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 met Shane. I did. Hi, Andrew. Uh, lovely tributes indeed uh, for Shane McGowan. Very sad yeah. uh, to hear it. Really, really such an icon and, and an inspiration and probably a mentor for many musicians just like myself. Um, singer-songwriter, musician, and uh, I was living in... Um, the States for 20 years, touring from New York to Nashville to LA and uh, my final destination was Los Angeles and uh, by that time I had a, a band on the road and we were, you know, doing tours around and, and recording just independently but one of the um, uh, great moments, I suppose, of my music career um, was opening for um, the Pogues um, who were playing in the um, 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 Oh gosh, I'll say it yet. The House of Blues okay. <laughs> in Los Angeles. Wow. And uh, yeah, so we were doing sort of Celtic fusion rock music, which was, you know, Celtic is my forte, as it was loving my genre for that different kind of style. But we had, um, we were very fortunate to open up for the Pogues um, in the House of Blues. And um, we were only supposed to go on for about, you know, 45 minutes, whatever. But um, true to uh, some famous artist style, they were making a lovely entrance a bit later. <laughs> the band, some of the band members were there earlier, but uh, Shane didn't arrive till an hour later from when he was supposed to start. And the place was packed, so they asked us, would we just continue to play for, <laughs> for another 45 minutes? But sure, we were so delighted, you know, yeah. to, to be able to capture that audience for another 45 minutes. It was just kind of starting out, and we were getting a following in California. What year, sorry, Maria, was that? 
Um, it would have been 2000 because I know I recorded an album after, shortly after that yeah. and we did a recording we recorded actually um, and I put out a live album of the gig we did in the House of Blues it was a live uh, recording of our set you know because we actually got to play longer yeah. so uh, we recorded it and we put it out as, as a, a live album so yeah I think it was 2000 and then 2001 was another album after that so in around that but I remember he came in and you know black pants black t-shirt literally just they said he's just off the plane he came in and uh, you know just in, in his own world shall we say I know it's a sensitive time and I don't want to be I want to share fun positive stories and I'm just conscious that you know family sensitive time just to be aware of what we say but to focus on the good memories we know he was a character and and all that but obviously wanted to remember his music musicality for me anyway but he's such a personality and um, no one could really capture that you know and it didn't matter what kind of you know phase or you know um, whether we're you know kind of there should we say or there in another world playing and singing performance but he came in late and I thought um, I'll just go up to him and say Shane uh, are you ready to go on yeah <laughs> And he just kind of looked at me to say, well, who are you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so I'm running out of material here. Brilliant. <laughs> I only have a few songs. He just kind of looked at me and thought, yeah, okay, right. And so we got him on, he, we went on the stage anyway, and um, just, you know, the, the place went wild, and the yeah. musicians, they just they just went into this whole world of, of their music, and it was untouchable, really. It was, I think I'll never no, forget, you yeah. know, obviously. Oh, I'm sure the performance, it'll sticks, but, uh, it st- sticks with you and, and and will do you know even even more so now uh, Maria as well Mary is with us of course uh, singer songwriter Mary Coughlin is on the line as well Maria um, your memories of Shane McGowan Mary I suppose I mean I, I uh, toured with Shane uh, I sang the fairy tale every year with him for many years uh, 1987 uh, Kirsty McCall was um, whatever year it was the first year after the the big the big uh, hit and Kirsty was not available and uh, they asked me would I do the tour with Shane you know so it ended up I mean we were all over I mean we I remember we ended up in the Brixton Academy uh, on St Patrick's Day um, at the end of the tour and uh, I think we did seven nights in London and um, it was I mean you know I mean. I suppose the mo- the most thing that I remember are uh, I wanted to do this the, the gigs and I've known Shane since then and there was a lot of you know a lot of good, good times were had yeah. but um, most of the the memories I have are um, are very few from that day that day but just the amount of um, you know alcohol and, and drugs was just you know un- unreal you know but I did the tour and. Um, and then I suppose every year they would have come to the Olympia to do um, the Christmas Christmas at the Olympia, and I would have I would have done the fairy tale as well, you know. So um, he he wrote a song for me. Actually, Sinead O'Connor ended up um, recording it. I still have the original tape and his handwritten lyrics that he sent me. And it was the ghost, your smile or something. The ghost, your I'm forgetting what it was called. And but, Sinead um, O'Connor ended up singing that then, did she? She did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was, this, I mean, it's, I know Kirsty. I've known Kirsty for, you know, and, and I've done uh, her, her, um, her, her, the first year anniversary, and I've done many of them, they, they do uh, concerts for her, you know? Yeah. And, um, 
Um, so, you know what I mean? Um, it's brilliant. And the fairy tale was, you know, it's one of the most iconic songs that was ever written. And sure, so and, poignant, and with you know, with this time of I year. I sang with them every night, you know, for years. I knew the crack. I stayed in London. We had great fun. We stayed all over the place. And, um, yeah, uh, I knew him very well. And yeah. I, I knew Philip Chevron. I was very fond of them all. And all of the guys, uh, you know, and it's a really, really sad time. And, yeah, he will be remembered for his brilliant songwriting and his, his wonderful uh, character. And uh, just, you know, um, uh, I'm glad I, I stopped when I did, you know. So that's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And I always think of the two of them together, Kirsty and him. And she, you know, was killed when she was 41, tragically. And uh, Shane struggled on there for years. And um, uh, he's gone now, you know, so. Incredibly sad day, Mary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I see a text in from a listener who says, uh, my, my name is Richie. I met Shane McGowan back in 1996. I was working at a bar in London, the Shane and his band at the time, um, the Pogues. He came into the bar one time and started chatting to me. He was such a nice, normal person. He even bought me a drink to have for when I finished my shift. Uh, he went up in my estimations that day. Just an absolute legend, says this texter. Vincent in Monkstown has sent in a lovely story. He says, I, I spotted Shane walking through town, handing out 50 euro notes to every homeless person that he came across. I'd say it was about 10 years ago, says Vincent. Martin is on the line. Martin, good afternoon. Hiya. How are you? How are you? Good, yeah. I'm good, yeah. You you wanted to to pay tribute to Shane McGowan today. Well, yeah, of course, he first of all uh, committed to his poor family, but the story, when I I met him when he was only 18, uh, uh, just before his 19th birthday, it would have been in December 1976, I was, um, I'd become friends with uh, a college uh, in Exeter with with a terribly posh uh, English guy called uh, Simon. He was a terribly, he'd been to Westminster School, he said, and he was, you know, a terribly sort of posh English voice like that. And he said, and he owned a flat, 18, this kid owned owned a flat in London, in Hammersmith. And, uh, and he said, uh, if you're up in London at Christmas, drop by. So I, I arranged to one evening. And uh, so I went went around there and knocked on the door and um, and it, it opened in this very distinctive looking man, uh, shall we say, wearing a, wearing a bin bag literally a bin bag, you know, the hole cut to the head and the, the arms because it was very early punk days and like drain pipe jeans. And I was like, my jaw dropped. And I was like, uh, uh, have I got the right place? Is, is, does Simon live here? Yeah. And, the, and he said, uh, oh, yeah, he's just going to the shops. Come in, mate. Because you know? yeah, he had a really London accent. And uh, so he came, I came in. I'm like, I was just like, oh, God, what are you wearing a bin bag for? We don't talk. And... Uh, uh, that he, so we came in, he said, do you have a cup of tea, mate? You know, so, so you want to make a cup of tea and then rolled an enormous joint. And uh, we sat down and had the tea and smoked while, uh, while we waited for Simon to come back. And um, he was, uh, so I was a bit curious and I, I was like, how do you know him? You know, sort of like, and he said, because such different accents. And he said, oh, I went to school with him, uh, which was Westminster. And I was like, oh, wow. Which, like, which kind of. How did you go to Westminster? Yeah. Apparently, he got a scholarship. He got a scholarship, apparently, and uh, that lasted a couple of years before they kicked him out for drugs. But um, so, so that was kind of funny. And, I, and again, it was a shame. So I was like Irish. And said, yeah, yeah, my, my parents are Irish too, you know. So there was that connection. But then but the friend came back and we ended up going out to the pub. But I bumped into him once more a few years later in um, in a nightclub in Camden Town in the, uh, in the toilet in, in Dingwalls. And... Uh, and I thought he won't know me from a hole in the ground. You know, he's famous by then. And uh, I said, uh, oh, it's Shane, isn't it? It's, it's Martin. Do you remember me? Uh, Simon's mate. And he was like, 
oh yeah, mate, how's it going? You all right? You're really sweet. I said, oh yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, no, you're famous. Do you still see Simon? Oh yeah, now and again. Yeah, he's he's moved down the country too. But he was uh, he was just a very down to earth, very yeah, friendly very guy. Very normal, was, he, yeah. Very normal, and, but he was obviously very hardcore into his punk because the band hadn't been formed by then. And as you, as some of the contributors earlier were saying, there was famous pictures of him at, at their clash gigs and things uh, down at the front, sort of pogoing. In uh, but you know, a real hardcore punk from the very earliest days, and a genuinely lovely man and yeah. such a talented man well, as everybody a, has said. It's a great, it's a, it's 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 a great story, Martin, and, and it's lovely to hear. I think the stories as well of just regular I suppose even non-musicians non-musical people and their encounters with uh, with Shane McGowan an email in who in two here from um, Deirdre she's devastated to hear the passing today of Shane McGowan the first dance song at my wedding with my husband back in 2006 was haunted by the ghost Shane and Sinead O'Connor two greats gone in the same year thank you for the wonderful memory Shane that's a, an email from Deirdre Darren is on the line Darren what's what's your story about Shane McGowan uh, just really, we have to remember his family, you know, at this very sad time. But my original time, uh, the first time I met Shane was uh, I was working on the B&I uh, coming from Hollyhead back to Dublin on Christmas week. And very few people were on the boat. But Ronnie, Drew and Shane were coming back to Dublin at the time. And they were just sitting in the foyer of the, uh, of the Leinster, MV Leinster at the time. And we were off duty. And we had to stay on the ship, but we were entitled to uh, crew points for fifty p a point. Crew points, <laughs> and we ended we ended up, you know, nobody was talking to the two lads. We were leaving them alone, yeah. and me and another young fella. We were seventeen. We joined. We asked them, do they want to have a point? And we joined in with them. And uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Drew took out his guitar. And we sat up drinking with them all the way from Hollyhead back to Dublin. And, you know, later on in life, I I got to meet Shane a good few times. I worked in the hotel business in in, in town. So I'd see him quite regularly coming back doing gigs here. But a tourist gent, always a time for people. Uh, Same as Ronnie. So I'd say there's some sesh going on. It's been a very difficult, it's been a very hard year, hasn't it? You know, when you think of like the, the number of musical icons in, in Ireland that have passed from Sinead O'Connor and Christy Dignam and Shane McGowan today, it's it's, been, it's a huge loss to the industry. Yeah, yeah. definitely. There's, and, you know, we have to remember at the time that I had met them, you know, that it was my father's generation that were into you know, Ronnie Drew, and uh, when uh, my generation were into the Pogues, you know, and they, they 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 went on to do huge things afterwards, especially with my with with my generation. It's just loads of lovely stories coming in, and and Darren, thank you for for sharing that one. I just want to bring another one or two um to you as well today. I read Richie's, didn't I? Yeah, I did in in London. Um, this texture says I I met Shane or saw Shane with the Pogues and Kirsty McCall in when I lived in London in London back in the eighties. It was one of the best concerts that I've ever been to. Says uh, that comes in from from AD today. Another listener. I'm just absolutely devastated to hear the news. Such a huge loss to the music musical industry in Ireland. And also, again, yeah, this texter too mentioning Sinead O'Connor and uh, and Christy Dignam as well. A um, lot of tributes today, and and we mentioned some of those from from politicians a little earlier. But of course, we are thinking um, of uh, of Shane's wife Victoria as well, and and all of the wider family and friends. 
Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.